0: Hello, welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Cameron Howe, CEO and co-founder of Investapal. Investapal is an online platform that was originally developed for DIY investors that has since evolved and emerged into a technology also for advisors to better research and manage their portfolios. With that, here's my interview with Cameron. Cam, thanks for having time today. Jason, thanks for having me on. So Cameron Howe, Investapal, tell us about Investapal.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to to jump into it with you, it warrants probably a little bit of preamble here. Um, I used to be a quant at one of the big Canadian investment banks at CIBC, helping institutional and a lot of advisors with their investment strategy, trying to think about the market from more of a quantitative lens rather than a a fundamental. And kind of right around the time of 2021, we saw that massive influx of retail investors entering into the market they wanted to invest on their own. They didn't really know how to do it. So I wanted to come in kind of as a, think of it like a robo 2.0, you know, rather than putting you into a model like a Betterment or a Simple portfolio would do. It was really there as kind of a co-pilot, helping you figure out the market, helping you figure out investments that relate to your persona, but more importantly, helping you build that portfolio up as it relates to your risk tolerance and your interests. So, you know, off the back of that, we, we launched our product uh, just over a year ago. We've grown it to about $200 million worth of retail assets being managed on the site. And you can do everything from, you know, researching stocks, ETFs, to taking a more portfolio manager centric view on your portfolio and, and letting you reweight it into a minimum volatility, targeted risk exposure, targeted return portfolio. And, you know, on the advisor front, helping you go all the way from onboarding a client to building that bespoke portfolio to communicating with
0: them through our application. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, we're going to take it through, but let's talk about, okay, so you already kind of went back to the genesis of where this came from, but what was it in the marketplace that you felt wasn't there that led you to start Investapal?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think when you take a look at the market, you see two polar opposite ends. And it has to do a lot with a revenue model. You have discount brokerage firms, which are transactional in nature. They make money off the number of transactions you have on it. And then you have managed services. You have investment advisors, robo-advisors, all-in-one ETFs who take a percentage of AUM that you have on that platform. We really wanted to come in kind of in between the two of them, providing a lot of the benefits that a discount brokerage firm has, you know, the, the flexibility for you to do whatever you want. But having a little bit of that advice sprinkled into it, um, really giving you the knowledge, the tools to make an informed investment decision. You know, Robinhood does a great job of letting you buy and sell securities. It's Ring not in their best interest.
0: Securities, but continue. I'm saying, not a big fan of Robinhood. I was just making a crack about the confetti. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, like they let you buy and sell securities, but it's not in their best interest to give you the tools to be a proper portfolio manager, because that's not how they make their money. They want you, they're incentivizing you to buy and sell in high frequency. We want you to come in and think of it like a portfolio manager would, which is how do I build up my wealth for the long term? And that's really our sweet spot is giving you those tools, that knowledge to make you a long-term investor.
0: Yep. All right. Let me me second cut this up. I said, doesn't happen during, but just did. Okay. So you saw that gap. You decided to build something to kind of fit that middle need. That's fine. So you talked about a number of things and we're going to focus on this specifically from the advisor standpoint. So an advisor, talk to me about what you're bringing to bear for me when it comes to the research angle for me to develop my portfolios before we get to the, how I engage my clients with this.
1: Yeah. Very good question. I think when you look at the marketplace today, Uh, When we chat with a lot of our advisors, it's, it's a bit fragmented. You know, you might use a tool to do risk assessment. You might use another tool to research investments, a third tool to build up a portfolio, and a fourth tool to communicate with your clients. Really, the bridge we're trying to provide, number one, we're trying to unify that experience. And through that unification, we can help you provide more personalization. So, you know, like I might be your client, Jason, I might have a keen interest in dividend investing. So our conversation before we started recording, um, you know, when you're building up my portfolio, you want to make sure that there is some elements of dividend in my portfolio and you're not building it very misaligned to my interests. And we can help provide a lot of that personalization. So rather than it just being encompassed on the financial planning side, it can now be included in the portfolio management piece on how you actually research securities and build up that more personalized portfolio for your client.
0: Okay. So that is the entire research and development piece. Now talk to me about how you use this as an engagement tool with clients.
1: Yeah, it actually starts off before you, know, you even have that first touch point with a client. You can embed our risk questionnaire directly in your website. So like maybe you source a lead online you can end up directing them to fill out that risk questionnaire. We have a cool tool. It'll automatically generate the IPS statement right off the bat based off that risk assessment. So by the time you're actually sitting down with that client and having that very first conversation, you already have a risk questionnaire and the elements of an IPS built out for them. So you can go in very well informed to win that business. Once you actually have onboarded them, you can create a more engaging experience. So, you know, we give them you probably, you know, have seen quite a few client portals out there on on the market. But what we provide is the connection into discount brokerage accounts, so the held away assets, which we don't typically find a lot of advisors focus in on. The ones who do can end up winning more assets, and it can also help engage the children of your practice. So, you know, you might have a client who's seven years old; he might be, you know, close to death. You want to make sure you're building up that relationship with the children of that client, Um, they can connect in their discount brokerage account through Investopal and share that with you. So you can provide updates, real-time updates on the assets you manage, but also some feedback on the discount brokerage side on different ways that they can end up structuring their portfolio. So it really takes that 360 view on both the accounts you do manage and the accounts that are externally managed.
0: Excellent. So that helps bring it up under one umbrella and lets me basically not only track those, but essentially also hopefully move them over over time. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and when that
1: contingency planning, you don't want them to inherit that money and take off somewhere else. You're giving Mm -hmm. them those insights. You know, you're a skilled advisor. You're a skilled portfolio manager, giving them those insights from the get-go to build up that trust early on.
0: Excellent. All right, so you've uh, you've helped with that. So let's talk about the actual feature set. So you got you got to, looking at your platform. I mean, you have a just general landing page, but then you also get into besides the portfolio tracking, you provide screener tools. Talking to about the various screener tools that you have available.
1: Yeah, so very typical to what you would see on any other platform. Whether that's screening on returns, dividends, sector, whatever, we take that up a notch. We end up screening off of about thirty different bespoke indicators where we can bucket both ETFs and stocks into quantitative factors. So, you know, think like growth, low vol, quality, value, dividend. You can end up taking more more of a quantitative view when you're building the portfolio. Same thing on the thematic side. So we end up uh, bucketing different investments. Um, I know it's your your favorite theme probably, Jason, but you can end up looking at AI investments, Mm -hmm. um, ESG crypto, stuff like that. So if you do have a client who has a keen interest in those focus areas, you can include elements, whether those be single stocks, ETFs, or mutual funds into their portfolio as well.
0: Excellent. When we started out talking about this, I I mentioned that you started off as a DIY tool, right? And that's exactly where you started. So talking about the transition into the advisory space, how did that come about? What was the feedback that led to it?
1: Yeah. You know, the ideal sense we can help an everyday investor Ie, you know, you might have hundred dollars, you might have a hundred thousand dollars. Manage that portfolio more effectively. What we saw after we launched our product was we skewed naturally high net worth people who had a keen focus, especially around portfolio management, are ones who have more assets behind them. Obviously, you want to protect what you have versus you know if you only have a few hundred dollars in your account, you're I'll call it a higher risk seeker. You're looking to have way higher capital gains to grow that portfolio versus someone who fits in that 100,000 plus threshold, you're more worried on maintaining the assets you've already gathered over the years. So as a result, we ended up skewing at pretty high net worth. Um, Our average account size is about $100,000 on a retail front versus Robinhood, I think there's just about $350. Um, So as a result, you can't end up employing Modern modern Portfolio 3
0: on five assets or three
1: assets, like a typical Robinhood investor,
0: yeah, so especially when you're encouraging individual share ownership. It's just, yeah, it's a little bit notch. Exactly. You don't have all that money to play
1: around with optimization. So we naturally skewed higher net worth. And then through a lot of those conversations, we ended up onboarding a couple advisors. And since then, we've been working on growing out that tech stack. We started at our core with the portfolio management features and those rebalancings and the the personalization aspect to start going both up and downstream to help advisors onboard clients, but also to help them communicate with their clients more effectively. Excellent.
0: So talking about the feedback, what were they saying was missing from what they were using before?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. The main piece is the the connecting of the dots, right? You might use, I'll call it like Riskalyze to do a risk assessment. You might use Adapar to do some rebalancing or portfolio research. You might use Morningstar to find different funds or ETFs out there. And then you might have that connected somehow into like Pershing or or Schwab, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, we can come in and help connect all those dots. So rather than using disparate systems, where you might be using Excel as like the middle ground behind all of that, very easily you can go from onboarding a client through a risk assessment to generating that IPS statement to placing them either into a model portfolio or a bespoke ground up portfolio in the matter of a couple hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we can by the time you have that first combo, that IPS is already generated. You can place them into a mix of models on our platform and then start communicating with them very quickly. So really where we've had a lot of those wins is connecting the dots between what you typically would have as a fragmented system that doesn't necessarily talk to one another. And then where we've also been able to win is those held away assets. So that those clients might have assets somewhere else. You want to have that full 360 picture. You can get get that very easily with Invest the Pal, letting them connect in their Robinhood account or those third-party providers into Invest the Pal so you can have a look at the entire wealth picture.
0: Excellent. All right, so that's where you've come to date because frankly, you know, you've at this for a little while now, but that's um, that's where you're right now, but you're still early. Where do you see this going? Like, what, what are you working on that you can share with us?
1: Really, our whole goal is how do we help you, the advisor, automate your practice? So, you know, we, we took that initial focus on portfolio management. And while we have been working on both on that portfolio management roadmap on either ends of the spectrum, you know, what we're looking with some of our partners on who are leading in the industry, whether that be document management or financial planning, connecting that into Investapel. So we essentially are coming in in a much lighter sense than like Investnet. Obviously, there's like Investnet to Ryan's out there who do everything. They're very expensive. We are really going after that. I'll call it that mid-market, that independent RAA in the U.S. who can't incur those sorts of costs. And where we see the value is through that human relationship. So we want to give you everything so you can focus in on that relationship rather than focusing in on the, the back-to-office tasks of
0: rebalancing a portfolio. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, you're you know the, the the vendors you mentioned, right? They're they, they can basically run your entire practice on it, and it's not it's not cheap because it basically runs your entire practice. But there's definitely a role or a place for lighter weight solutions that basically deal with a few of the niche, or not few, or a few of the verticals that are absolutely necessary and fundamental to that advisor. That basically are you know only you know thirty percent, forty percent, fifty percent of what the other vendor does, right? So just honing in on what the actual true need as these people is is absolutely a market for you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And some of the areas that like, I think are of major interest, um, like our team is focused in on private assets. Like we're seeing a lot of advisors take a big uptick in terms of alternative exposure and a lot of the Mm -hmm. value they're providing is access to like a KKR fund that you can't Mm -hmm. get off the street. So Mm -hmm. we're really focused on like, okay, we have this base level portfolio management solution that lets you optimize your public assets. What if we throw in a private into that? A lot of the you know the players we, we talk to today, a lot of the advisors are forced to go to spreadsheets to help with that. Mm-hmm. How can we help you optimize those clients' accounts, knowing they have alternative exposure, fixed asset exposure, and where you can play around with those public assets that are tradable and keeping those private assets place. So it's really like, how can we help you gain access to some of those alts, um, and how do you structure the portfolio properly so you can manage the client's assets in the most diversified way possible.
0: Yep. Excellent. So, and you see yourself kind of sticking within this niche core, or do you see yourself like, you know, at least looking at integrations into other players that might be a value?
1: Yeah, we don't, we want to own the investment management side. I don't want to own the financial planning. I don't want to own necessarily the client side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great players out there, especially on the planning side where we want to be a, a tie into, you know, like we can end up embedding elements into our risk assessment from those financial planners and those financial planning softwares. Um, So we really want to carve out that niche on the investment management side, the portfolio portfolio management side especially, and providing you with that entire wealth picture and helping you optimize based off of that. That's my background. That's where I get excited. Um, We want to keep building pieces around that.
0: Excellent. So before we wrap it up, there's three questions I ask everybody on a positive note. The first one is, if you had one wish for something you could change in your company, the industry as a whole, what would it be?
1: Good question. I am going to narrow in a little bit on the Canadian market. I am Canadian,
0: but... I was, deal. I was waiting for you to like, I'm going to phone a friend or I'm going to like... <laughs> I'm going to... Like it was no one's ever started off the answer like that, but continue. Okay. So <laughs> narrow in the Canadian aspect.
1: We I, we. Deal a lot in the U.S. as a result of the barriers in place in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I think you know there's a lot of entrenched beliefs here around new technologies and adopting them and how they can end up helping your practice. I think you know if there's one thing that I would like to change, it's the willingness to adopt new technology and see how that can help automate your practice. Obviously, there's hurdles, especially if you're part of a very big company. Um, but really, that belief system on there is you know it's 2024 now. We don't have to be doing the same process we did in the 1990s. That's
0: heresy. It's heresy in this country. (laughs) Topics that make me want to drink, but continue. All right, so second question after you is, what's been the biggest challenge in the company to where it is today?
1: We've been bootstrapped. The biggest challenge is the ability to take calculated risks with limited assets. We've been able to get it to a place now where we're generating revenue we are winning new business. It's starting to grow, but it's a slow growth, right? Like you can give me a capital injection and probably take us up a notch, especially two years ago. But we wouldn't have known the stuff we would have had we gone that VC that road. I think it'll create a more durable company off the back of that. You know, like we are naturally more revenue focused, more profit focused than someone who might have gotten a billion dollar injection. And ultimately blew up as a result. We've had to be very calculated in it. Um, you probably know what I'm alluding to right now, but it's really taking that calculated risk. I wish we would have had a little bit more money, but at the same time, I'm glad we didn't because it's, it's forced us to be very diligent on the features we release and how we onboard new customers.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been discussed in this podcast several times that if you don't need VC money, don't take VC money. VC money is best used when you have a land grab because otherwise... Second you get on that hamster wheel, you are never getting off that hamster wheel unless you fall or, or basically, you know, go to <laughs> run off it to the, to the stratosphere. So, all right. Last question for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on. It keeps you getting out of bed in the morning to keep on fighting the good fight of running this business.
1: Yeah. Very good question. You are the the byproduct of the people you surround yourself with. Yep. I got started at the solo, brought on a co-founder. We've since grown the team now. And what excites me is seeing how passionate our team is on growing this thing, we see the real potential on not just helping out advisors, but also helping out that general retail population. Um, You know, our, our whole goal is not to compete against advisors, it's to help enable them and to help instill that financial literacy, especially in a younger generation who has, I felt, been wrongfully punished by some of those financial players out there. You know, they look to treat the stock market like a gamble. And we are really trying to come in and help provide that financial literacy to get you up to speed on what investing is, but more importantly, how to think about building wealth for the long-term, not over a 24-hour cycle. So that's really what excites me and getting me out of my bed every day is how do we keep building these tools, these innovations to help out that retail investor and to help out that investor population, give them the tools that I used to use professionally but in a much more streamlined,
0: simplistic fashion. Excellent. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for taking the time today. Greatly appreciate it and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you for having me on, Jason. It's a pleasure. So that was today's interview with Cameron Howe of Investapel. Hope you enjoyed that. And then if you're an advisor looking to potentially implement a software that would put you on the same page as a, uh, as the clients in a nice streamlined way, by all means, check out Investapel. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever is it your podcast. Until next time, take care.